Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today, I'd like to talk about privacy and extrasensory perception. Uh, it's a double-edged sword in some ways because on the one hand, I think most of us have areas where we feel a need for privacy. We would not prefer to have another person with psychic talents watching us, knowing some of our inmost thoughts or our inmost activities, our most private activities. There are things that uh, we like to keep to ourselves, each and every one of us. As a matter of fact, the problem is so deep that according to the great 20th century psychiatrist Sigmund Freud, there are some things that are so private we hide them from ourselves. That's the whole basis of the Freudian unconscious. <laughs> Think about it. You see, according to Freud, we have a superego. Now, the superego represents the demands that society places on us to be good people, to be upright and honest and truthful and kind and gentle, to be gentle people to our friends and our neighbors. However, Inside, we have what uh, Freud also calls the id, our animal desires, our cravings for sex, or sometimes we really want to kill somebody. Now, we may not act on it, but maybe we would prefer that people didn't know we even had the thought. In fact, we hide such thoughts from ourselves. And according to Freud, uh, these things reveal themselves in our dreams for example. Now, the great project, I think, of the 19th and 20th century is to make the unconscious conscious. And you can sure see it on TV. Now, I was young when TVs were just becoming popular in the 1950s, the old black and white sets. I remember them very well. And the things that they showed on TV were very, very limited. For example, I Love Lucy, one of the most famous situation comedy programs ever. In fact, it was the archetype of a situation comedy program, the first great one. Well, Lucy got pregnant and they had a hard time. How are we going to portray pregnancy on television? Today, of course, on television with reality TV and so many shows, people kind of let it all hang out and issues that were never uh, acceptable for public discussion in the 1950s are now acceptable. People are willing to talk about um, body implants. People are willing to talk about medical problems publicly. People are willing to get uh, express their anger and their frustrations much more openly. And while all of this has a very sordid side, especially on TV, it's creating an atmosphere, I think, amongst the general public where most of us feel a little bit better, I think, than we did, say, in the 1950s about being seen for who we really are in the wholeness of our being, which includes all sorts of uh, dark emotions, greed and lust and anger and hatred and things that we sometimes don't even want to admit to ourselves. Now, the question is, what does any of this have to do with extrasensory perception? 
And I suspect that we actually are all far more psychic than we give ourselves credit for. But sometimes we use our psychic abilities, ironically, very ironically, we use our psychic abilities to suppress psi to suppress extrasensory perception in other people. We don't give other people our permission at a deep soul level to look into us, to see us for who we really are. And the truth is, at a deep, deep level, how many of us are willing to take a real hard look at ourselves? Can we let anybody else see us more deeply than we can see ourselves? I tend to think from, and maybe I'm an idealist here, uh, that the world would be much better if we didn't have this superego suppression. The world would be much better if we could all let it all hang out and allow any other person to use their extrasensory perception to see us in the deepest possible way. Like in the movie Avatar, where uh, the um, Blue Lady says to her father, I see you, meaning I see your soul. I see you for who you are. But the truth is, in our culture, we are 10,000 years away from anything like that. For one thing, how many of us have committed acts for which we could be uh, imprisoned? How many of us have, uh, in other words, violated the law in one way or another? And that we probably consider, <laughs> to, to the extent we haven't been caught yet, uh, for recreational drug use, for example, or for other petty crimes, who knows? But a percentage of the population are people who are not in jail, but who have committed crimes and certainly don't want anyone else to be able to see that. And perhaps there are ways in which, subtle ways and even more dramatic ways in which we suppress any possibility that other people can uh, really look at us that way, except for those few people who manage on the margins of our culture to establish a career as a seer, as a prophet, as a psychic, as an intuitive, as a medium. I mean, of course, these people exist. But I suppose the classic cases like Hamlet's ghost, the ghost of Hamlet's father who comes and, and, and seeks revenge. People don't want the, the, <laughs> the buried ghost to come and seek revenge. And uh, to the extent that uh, that kind of criminal activity is prevalent in our society and even at high levels, there's an effort to suppress sight. Now, how does this impact you? How does it impact me? I am a parapsychologist, so it impacts me in the sense that I'm aware of all the data of parapsychology. I can imagine, I can imagine a world in which people, generally speaking, are able to cultivate and apply these abilities and those with special talents get special encouragement. And yet, I'm aware of this deep, deep cultural need to keep it all suppressed, to keep it all very, very, very limited so that uh, parapsychology and psychic functioning can only operate on the far, far margins of our culture. 
So the question I'm asking you at this moment in time is, where do you draw the line? What are the things that you really want to keep private that you don't want anybody, no matter how gifted they are as a clairvoyant, to see with regard to you and your behavior and your life and your soul? Where do you stand on that? How much psychic functioning would you like to see in this culture? Or would you prefer to keep things kind of the way they are, really? What would be the implications for you if half of the people you knew were very, very gifted clairvoyants? How would we all have to change? I'll leave you with those thoughts and thank you for being with me.